0: The following audio is from LaGrange Church of Christ, located in Texas. For more information about LaGrange Church of Christ, please visit our website at www.lagrangecoc.com. If you have a Bible, you can be turning it to Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1, and we are involved in a series on the book of Philippians, where we're going to be... uh, going through this book, um, there are several themes in Philippians itself. One of those is joy or rejoicing. And so, uh, we want to notice as we're reading through Philippians how Paul rejoices and in what he rejoices. You know, I I love history and one of the reasons that I love it is because it encourages me and, and challenges me to be a better person. And I know that I'm not alone um, a moving story or a heroic tale is something that sticks with you. And we remember it and, and we take these stories and we go and we tell others about them. And, and Hollywood often takes these stories and they make them into a movie because they, they know that people are going to go and see it. They know that this is going to make money. And the stories that amaze me most are the Christian ones. They are the stories of faithfulness and perseverance when times are tough. Now, we learn how to live as Christians by following God's commands. But we also learn how to live as Christians by following the faithful examples of others. And so we need to be able to see faith in action. We need faithful examples to imitate We need people whom we can follow. And Paul understood this concept. This is why he wrote in 1 Corinthians 11.1, Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. I'm going to be an example to you as I follow Jesus. And there are lots and lots of examples. Many of the early Christians lived remarkable lives. They faced challenges that we will never face. And their dedication to the gospel was obvious because of the sacrifices they made. Some of them even displayed their Christian character up to the point of death. They did not deny the faith in the face of death. But when you think about it, they did much more than just this. They did not give in to selfishness. And so they they faced death, they faced other challenges... Not thinking of themselves, but rather thinking about living like Christ and furthering the gospel. And this is evident in our text this morning from Philippians 1, verses 12 through 18. Where Paul writes, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. So that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard And to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition not sincerely but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment what then only that in every way whether in pretense or in truth Christ is proclaimed and in that I rejoice and so Paul is in prison and not just any prison he is in an ancient prison where the conditions would have been very poor And he's writing to this church in Philippi about his experiences. And this is something that shouldn't be overlooked. Because Paul's actions here are a representation of of the truth that we find throughout this letter. In other words, Paul is practicing what he preaches. His conduct is consistent with the message that he proclaims. Now, before we examine what Paul does here, I think we should put ourselves in his shoes. And we should imagine being arrested for something that we did not do. You're innocent, yet you're in prison. And it's dirty. And, and the food is bad and you've lost your freedom, you cannot do what you want to do, you're separated from your family, you're away from all your friends, and this is your life for the foreseeable future. You don't know how long it's going to last. And so you decide that you're going to write a letter. And what would you put in that letter? What would you want to say? What would be on your heart and mind? Some of us might complain. Most of us might complain. We might write about how this whole situation is just unfair. It's not just. It'd be true. But it's not what Paul does. He doesn't complain about the unjustness of his situation. The unjustness of the world. Certainly unjust. Others might write about the conditions of prison life. We might describe in detail, you know, what, what the cell looks like, what, what we can do and what we cannot do, uh, you know, what, what we're eating on a daily basis. Paul does none of this. What does he do? He rejoices. Now, that's the last word in our passage this morning, Rejoice. And I imagine that rejoice is not a word most of us would probably associate with prison. But Paul does. And why is this? Well, it's because Paul has undergone a transformation. And he no longer looks at the world and his life the same way that he looked at it prior to becoming a Christian. Paul's not thinking about himself in prison. He's thinking of others. He's putting their needs before his own. He's he's thinking about Jesus. He's thinking about the gospel. And it's because of all this that he can be in prison unjustly in these poor conditions and rejoice. And when all we do is think of ourselves, we are miserable. This is a selfish way to think. It's a selfish way to live. And selfishness never leads to happiness. It leads us to thinking, well, I'm just not getting what I deserve. Poor old me. And we go around feeling unsatisfied. And we're, we're bitter. And we are unable to enjoy life. Now, th- th- This is irony here, but... but what's ironic is that when we think of others we feel happy and good and Jesus tells us this he says it's more blessed to give than to receive and so it's better to think of others than to constantly think of ourselves and when we do this we feel satisfied and we live fuller and more meaningful lives and if we want joy in our life then we must think less of ourselves and we must think more of others and the reason that we are to think of others is not, you know, just so we'll go around feeling happy all the time. That, that's a benefit, a, a blessing of seeing the world this way. But it's not the reason. Because that in itself would be selfish. The, the reason we are to think this way is because it's what Jesus did. And, and Paul is going to elaborate on this in chapter 2. And we'll get there in a few weeks. Um, he's going to say we're to have the mind of Christ and we're to follow his example. Now, some of us still might be wondering how Paul can do this. You know, what happened to him was just so wrong. It was, it was unjust. He did not deserve to be in prison. How could he rejoice in those circumstances? Well, he could do so because he was trusting fully in God. And so in Romans eight twenty eight, he writes, And we know... That for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Was it right that Paul was in prison? Absolutely not. Was it a good thing that he suffered? Not at all. Evil and suffering are not from God. But God can take evil and God can take suffering and he can work with it. He can do something with it. And Paul trusts that this is what God is going to do with his situation. And he's absolutely right. And good comes from his evil imprisonment. And good comes from his suffering. And it does so because Paul trusts in God. And he's not thinking about himself. And he's willing to make sacrifices for the sake of the gospel. And and he's he's serious about following in the footsteps of Christ. Now, becoming a disciple of Jesus, which you know anyone who's a Christian is a disciple. A disciple means a follower of Jesus, a student of Jesus, Um, it's something that should not be taken lightly. And and if you go back and you look at the gospels and, and you see what Jesus is doing there, Jesus is up front about what it means and what it's going to cost people to follow him. He doesn't beat around the bush. Uh, I'll give you one example, Matthew 16, 24 through 26. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, take up this instrument of death, and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? The life of a disciple is a life of sacrifice. Now, some have tried to deny this. Some have made following Jesus all about good health and becoming rich. Some have made it about an easier life, a life of blessing. Jesus says that being a disciple is a life of sacrifice. And following him is going to cost us something. And Paul understands this, and he's living it out as he writes this letter to the Christians in Philippi. And we can see it in his life. Now, thankfully, we are not likely to ever be imprisoned for our faith. There is no threat in our country of being put to death for what we believe in. The early church, on the other hand, faced these threats on a regular basis. Basis. And their stories, those, those historical accounts, are amazing examples of faithfulness. And they should encourage us. They should strengthen us. But they should also challenge us. Because we should be asking ourselves, what kind of sacrifices are we willing to make for the cause of Christ? What comforts, and we have many of them... Are we willing to give up so that the gospel can be shared? The gospel calls us to deny ourselves, to give up our selfish ways, and to begin to think of what we can do for others. And when we do this, we're going to argue less. We're not going to grumble as much. We're not going to complain as much. We're not going to... Divide over silly issues, but instead people are going to see Christ in us. And for Paul, it's all about Christ. And in the last part of this section, he, he rejoices that Christ is preached, even though that those some who are doing it are doing it for the wrong reasons. He writes: some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel, the the, the former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. And so Paul points out two motivations for proclaiming Christ. These are also two motivations for living as well. And so some do so from the basis of love. And others do so from the basis of selfishness. Now, love is at the core of the gospel. Love is who God is. Love is how we are to live. Love is thinking of others and not ourselves selfishness is contrary to the gospel. It is not how we are to act. It is not how we are to live. It is the opposite of christ likeness. And Paul is an example of love. He suffers for the cause of Christ. And his mind is is, is focused on on how this is going to benefit others. But he says there are some others. and, And they're preaching Christ out of selfishness. And they actually use their preaching of Christ to try to harm Paul. They believe that their preaching of Christ will in some way afflict him, cause him greater harm while he's in prison. A terrible thing. These are the enemies of Paul who are not following In the footsteps of Christ. They do not have the mind of Christ. They are not guided by love. So, what does Paul say about them? He rejoices because Christ is proclaimed. There are people in our world who preach Christ for all kinds of reasons. Some of them have pure motives, there are others who do not. What should be our response? Well, I think it should be the same as Paul's. We rejoice whenever Christ is proclaimed. Whenever the, the, the name of Jesus is spoken, it's a beautiful thing. And you might wonder, you know, how can we feel this way when, when some preach Jesus for the wrong reasons? It is because the power of Christ is bigger than any one person. And that God is at work even when the conditions are not perfect or favorable. And our belief is not in the power of men. Our belief is in the power of Christ. Now this is not the the last time that the choice between love and selfishness is going to come up in the book of Philippians. These two choices are, are something that we face every day. When we wake up each morning, we must choose, you know, which path we're going to walk. And the choices that we make throughout the day, they're going to either reflect the way of love or the way of selfishness. And one is the way of Christ and the other is not. And at the beginning of this letter, Paul, he gives us an example to follow. Now, we're going to encounter some commands later on in the letter that, that reflect this example. But the first thing Paul does is say, Watch me as I follow Jesus. And this is what we are to do we choose love. And it's so much easier to do so when we have this example of Paul doing just that, and we have the examples. Of others. Who have walked this way as well. And we even have this in our own congregation. There are people here. Who are walking the path of love. By imitating Jesus. And we are to pay attention to them. As they lovingly think of others. Rather than themselves. And we're to follow them as they follow Christ. And so may we all seek to follow the path of unselfish love that Jesus first walked, but that many others have followed after him. Let's pray. Father, we're, we're thankful for the example of so many people, people here in this congregation, people who have and made an influence on each of us, who have come into our lives and, and shown us how to live by following your example. May we surround ourselves with people like this. May we pay attention to their unselfish ways and how they love you and love their neighbors. We're especially thankful for Jesus who who first walked this path and whose example is recorded for us in Scripture. We pray that we will daily turn away from selfishness. We understand that this is a constant battle and that we must choose all the time to follow love and give up our selfish ways. We pray that we'll be able to make sacrifices in our lives so that Christ will be glorified and that the gospel will be shared with others. Pray this in Jesus' name, amen.